Everybody, welcome to the Yoshimura Midweek Podcast. I'm Don Maeda with Swap Moto Live, and I'm here today with my friend Wes Smith of Smithline. So the objective of the Midweek Podcast is to expose some people to listeners and viewers who okay. are kind of behind the scenes or, you know, not necessarily the racers, et cetera, et cetera, right? Right. So, uh, Wes, you're definitely a guy that I've been aware of. For a long time, right? Right. I think the very first time I went to uh, Twitch's house, right, uh, I saw these really cool displays with the Smithline logo, and the, I mean, I'm sure the the riders and the client list is endless. But uh, so Wes uh, builds really cool memorabilia displays, custom displays, and then also mounting racks and yep. so on and so forth. But uh, before we get into that, dude. You're just telling me that you would ride every day if you could. Like, right. give me your, uh, give me the motocross story. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? And so, grew up pretty much over in South Orange County, and lived over there till oh, I got married, and then was driving out to Temecula to ride all the time, going mm-hmm. out to Lake Elsinore Motocross Park, and then finally realizing that I was paying a lot to be by the beach, and um, I ride. To, coming to yeah, the dirt and I like to ride. Beach, yeah. yeah. So I basically said, okay, we're going to pack up the family and move out to Temecula. And we did that in 2002 or 2003. And um, about that time, they shut all the riding down. As soon as I got here, you know, <laughs> couldn't ride Vail Lake anymore. Couldn't ride anywhere except for the track. Um, but yeah, and then it's just got really in. I, over there, I was doing Planet Hollywood. Uh, I was doing the Planet Hollywood stores and they kind of showed me their way for how they did their their memorabilia displays. Mm-hmm. I was doing like rain jackets that some star wore in a movie and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And they weren't really this the real stuff either. But they were putting <laughs> that stuff all over. So I was doing San Diego and and um Costa Mesa Planet Hollywoods. And then finally just moved out here. Was always a huge McGrath fan, mm-hmm. you know, and that guy was the dog. Before that was Ricky, of course, Ricky Johnson. Yeah. And that's about where I, I kind of tuned into motocross was Ricky Johnson. I grew up working for Nissan racing. And so I'd go out and set up the hospitality tents for, uh, like Paul Newman and all those guys that were racing for Nissan and Mm -hmm. got really more into the racing world and paying attention to it. And, um, and moto was always on my mind. I, I got my first bike in 74, Mm -hmm. a Z 50, I'd go ride Sears point. So I'd um, take that thing out, and I still have that bike. That's uh, still have it. it runs perfect. Really? It's a Honda. Yeah, runs perfect. Um, but yeah, really just got into moto and kind of just going, hey, hopefully one day I'll do McGrath's house. That was it, you know. Yeah. And start doing everybody from that. My first guy was Metzger, and um, I basically called Mike, and um, you know Mike was so accessible, and it was like. Mm-hmm. He was in shooting, a, doing his video game graphics so they could graphic him for that video game. And he's like, yeah, just come over and I'll give it to you. So, all right. I went over to his house. I pull up and MTV comes out the door with camera crew the whole nine yards. Wes is here. And they did an episode and I was so nervous the whole time. They didn't use any of the footage of me. Uh-huh. You see my arms every now and then. That's about it. But after Metzger's gold medal display, I got Rhino. I did all his designations and then it just kind of. Went from there, you know, from there, to Matto yeah. and all those guys. I do 
Maddo's probably our biggest collector. I think you've seen his. Mm-hmm. He's got like, you know, nine of them on his walls. They're all going to cave in one day. His walls, we were looking at them the other day, and I'm just going, you have no more room. If Cruz takes off, you got trouble, man. Yeah, I don't yeah, know where yeah. you put all that stuff. Uh, so it's funny. Your, your story about moving out to the Internet Empire is really close to my timeline, too, because I, I, I lived in, I grew up in Pasadena. Right. And I bought my first house in Valencia. Yep. And I chose Valencia because it was a new uh, development yep. type area and I could get in affordably. Plus, there was uh, LACR up there, yep. Hungry Valley, yep. and there was a track called Lemon Grove yep. that I liked a lot in Piru. Of course, I moved there and Lemon Grove shut yeah, down. Yeah, shut down immediately. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, so I was living in Valencia and working at uh, Dirt Rider MX Racer in LA. Yep. The drive wasn't that bad. Yep. But then I got the call to start Transworld Motocross, yep. and it was based in Orange County. Yep. And I was just like, man. And I found that I was driving to work really far, but then also coming to the Inland Empire yep. two, three times a week to ride or shoot photos. And I'm like, I can't take it. We're right. moving. Too much driving. So we came out in 01, like one yep. year before you. Yep. But it's crazy, the, the motocross mecca that the Inland Empire is, oh, isn't yeah. it? I mean, you, you can't, I can't, like when I leave work today and drive home, I'll see at least one or two trucks with dirt oh, bikes. Oh, for sure. You know, for sure. It's crazy. We just bought off of Sage Road out there. We're right on, right by the fire department on Sage Road. And yeah. So we're on the road and all all my customers and f- that are now friends drive by and honk. At, you know, I got Jared <laughs> McNeil coming by and yeah, all those yeah. guys blowing their horns and, and big diesel pushers and stuff. And But like you said, you drive around here and if you know the moto scene, it's just like, Every corner, every restaurant that you drive by, somebody's parked there inside eating. Yeah. You know, so people that live on like the East Coast wouldn't even believe, you know. Yeah. Just even getting. Well, no, Florida's turning into the new. I know. It's the the new new one. Yeah. Half my customers took off, you know. Yeah. The Craigs and Justin Cooper and all them, they're all over there now. So we're having a hard time getting stuff to them. We're going to have to pack up one big crate for everybody and send it out there, I think. Yeah. Or hopefully they move back one day. (laughs) <laughs> you never know. Okay, so uh, tell me about how involved in moto you are. Like, yeah, you, you're just saying you build jumps on your property, or, or yeah. So we just bought five acres out there. We're looking to build a home, and so now nothing to do but you know why we're trying to put together financing. Uh, just play on the tractor and build jumps, and see if I can scare myself. And I got a couple jumps right now that I haven't hit yet that I just water every day and look at them. Because they're a little too big. I think I, I either make them too small and then they're boring, you know, yeah. or I make them too big and I'm afraid to hit them first. <laughs> so I've I've actually made a couple that I tore down because I knew I would never hit them. It uh-huh. was like, that was crazy. What was I thinking? But yeah, just mostly riding. I, I, was, I was riding out at Paula every Tuesday. I'd go mm-hmm. out there and ride with some of my buddies that, my older buddies, Ed Wilson from the fire police. I think you know him. He, oh, yeah, he moved out of town. Yeah. So he... He got tired of competing with me. He's got a little scared, so he moved out. But yeah, Ed moved out, and so I stopped going there. And then when I moved away, I was over in Vail Ranch, so it'd take me like 15 minutes to get to the track. So mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. it was easy for me to get out there and get back to work. But yeah, so just doing some riding, and um, you know, I'm I'm old. A lot of people still think I'm too old to ride. Like in my family, you know, it keeps you young. It man. does. I believe wholeheartedly. If you don't quit you're you're going to be all right i think even i even think working keeps you young otherwise your mind kind of starts to go go down a little bit but i 
I basically, so as you know, I about two weeks ago said, I'm done after 20 years. And I took two weeks off, kind of two weeks off, not okay, really wait, two wait, wait, week wait, retirement. See. Yeah. Yeah. So Smithline Instagram, it says effective immediately. Yeah. Smithline is closing its doors. We're out of business. And I'm like, oh, wow. But I think you probably got flooded because the comments on that post. That, that Jeremy hell. McGrath, Maddo, Twitter, yeah, everyone it, commented. And I think maybe you're like, whoa. <laughs> well, you kind of, it's like driving down a desert road, you know, going to Vegas. You can't, you can't tell your progress when you're looking out the windows. You can't tell that you're really going somewhere. You almost feel like you could step out of the car. And that's kind of how my career has been. It's been a long time and a lot of people and I've, got to know all of these guys so what was happening was is a lot of them were hitting me on the side going but you're still going to do my stuff right dude and really if i just limited it to friends it's back open all the way because pretty much all the people that i've got to work with have become friends yeah and so it's like nothing's changed i might as well go with it but the two weeks i think helped me and like you said the post where i could see so much appreciation yeah, and yeah, yeah. so much love, you know, I was like, this is ridiculous. You know, yeah. I was like, God, what am I doing? You know? And, and so I, I just sat on it for a couple of weeks and then just said, no way I can't leave. I can't do this right now. And so I, I started another company in, in the meantime that my son's going to run just doing uh, junk removal, uh, dump trucks. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I got him going on that, and now it's like, you know what? I got to get back to work, I think. So that's where we're at. <laughs> nice. Um, a little bit earlier, you are mentioning building jumps and so yeah. on. So do you own your own dozer? No, I just have a tractor. I bought, like, okay. as soon as I moved out, I bought an old Ford 445A tractor uh-huh. for, like, ten grand. Put about five or six grand into it, and... I love the thing. I could sit on it all day long. That's why <laughs> I'm all sunburned. Just from sitting on that thing and riding around and thinking and um, just moving dirt and building jumps for no apparent reason. But, dude, it's hard. Like uh, It is. I was at Carmichael's house one time when he was still racing, yeah. and he had just bought a new uh, piece of equipment. Yeah. And instead of the the, the skid steer sticks yeah. like this, yeah. it had a joystick. Yeah. Right? And so I was like, What's I, that? I had, yeah. I had like, shot enough. That? Right. I had shot enough photos of him. This is before video. I was shot enough photos of him. I'm like, hey, dude, when you go out for that moto, can I can I build a jump? And he goes, yeah, go ahead. So I'm in the thing and I'm going and dude. and I built just this little single jump and I'm all sick. And I go, hey, hit my jump. Yeah. And he goes, bruh, poof. <laughs> the yeah, thing, thing like fell split apart. Split like yeah. the Red Sea, you know. I tell you so, what. So I mean, there's definite water. Uh, so. The good part of our land is right now. So we're my wife and I've been living out there for about eight months in our RV, and uh, God bless her. And um, so basically, you know, that's all I'm doing right now. While we're setting up all the other stuff, the septic and all the, mm-hmm. the other crud. So yeah, I learned that water is key. So I have a well there, and I water uh, before I do anything in the morning. I water all five of my jumps right now. Yeah, I keep them perfect. They're barely ridden, and I, it gets to the point where they're so smooth and pretty that I don't want to go off them anymore. That's why I leave them perfect. Yeah. yeah, and uh, so yeah, I go out there and I water the jumps and keep everything fresh, and um, it's super fun to just build. But it's hard, like you said. It's it took me a long time. To make a decent yeah. with the right round. To, like one of them's really good right now. My other one's 
kind of come out like straight ramped, you know, uh-huh. like we're like an old evil Knievel yeah, yeah. jump. Whereas now I'm starting to get the feel for how you press down on that front bucket and just smear it like a blade <laughs> and so it comes like, out beautiful. You're like a kid in a sandbox. Yeah, you have real really toys. Is. You learn, Big toys. you learn it. What's funny is I just went over to Jared McNeil's and talk about real toys. It, oh, yeah. You know, Jared's is ridiculous what he's got. It is, but it just gives you an idea of how much power those things have. And, mm-hmm. and also you realize how much dirt it takes to make a jump. I mean, yeah. it, it's, I'd have to start digging holes on my property to do any more just because it just takes so much dirt for one jump. Yeah. It's nuts. So what's your uh, motorcycle of choice? Uh, Right now I got a 2022 YZ450. Oh, nice. Yep. So I I like it. I haven't been riding it that much this Mm -hmm. last probably three months. I, I still try to ride it a few times a week, four or five times a week, just doing trail rides but i haven't taken it to the track very much and super fun bike i heard the 23 is better though of course i do that a lot different yeah i heard it's a lot better actually you know but for me it doesn't matter it's good mine's good enough mine's bone stock right now and it feels fine yeah so i'm trying i'm kind of in an area too where it's a little equestrian out there so i'm trying not to get all my neighbors all hostile on me yeah yeah keep everybody friendly Luckily, I'm old enough that I don't ride for very long. It's 15 minutes and it's done. You know, it's over. No more noise. Yeah. So, yeah, the the moto, though, I think, uh, you know what? I, I'm going to be 55 this year. Yep. And uh, some of my wife's friends are like, oh, how long are you going to keep doing that? Right. Nonsense. I'm all t- well, A, it's my job, part right, of my job. Right. B, at 55, I know I'm not as fast as I was when I was 30. But motocross is it's it's all about your individual individual experience, right? Right. So in my mind, I'm just as fast right. as when I was thirty, right. and uh, it's this this adrenaline release, yeah. and then the exercise just makes yeah. you feel great. It keeps oh, you young. Amazing, amazing. I mean, when you hit the ground, you hurt a little bit more, right? But uh, try not to do that. But between yeah. that and like, I really like mountain bikes, so like that's been really great for me. Mountain bikes have been great for my mental health, right? Right. Because you think a lot and you get that endorphin right. release. But uh, pedaling. Yeah, I'll yeah. never stop riding dirt bikes. I don't think so either. I'll go. My parents got me started in '74 with that Z50, and it was just on my mind from that day forward. And raised when we were evil, Knievel was such a big influence on me. Yeah. I got held back um, in first grade because all I could talk about was big wheels. <laughs> you know, it was all big wheels and evil Knievel yeah. and big wheels and. You know, and every year at Christmas, get that stunt cycle. Oh, yeah. Wreck it within the first day, jumping it off the roof or something, you know, and then have to wait a whole year. Did you ever blow a hole in your parents' drywall with the thing? No, no. You did? I jumped it one time too far and it blew a hole. (laughs) No, I, uh, no, but my dad would always take my big wheel to the, to work and, and re, uh, weld the whole top, the handlebars and everything back on or the, the, the uh what was it? the forks would snap yeah yeah a couple off. couple times off the curb and that thing break <laughs> but yeah always had moto on the mind it's never it's been a good thing though like you say it's like a good hobby i i love seeing when kids are riding because they're doing something and when you find a kid that doesn't have a hobby that's usually not a good thing yeah and they're usually doing something that's probably not that good exactly and moto moto gets you out there get your adrenaline running 
my wife likes me better after I've ridden. She says I'm nicer, you know, and yeah. and I drive nicer on the way home from yeah. the track. You're really relaxed, you know. Well, and when I'm hurt or something, my kids used to say, hey, you're grumpy. Right. You, know, you need to go ride. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things uh, my, my big brother Ross told me one time, and it's so true. It's like, as I was saying, the motocross is it, such a personal experience, right? Yeah. And, and you... You can suck. You could be a full beginner, but the first time you go through a corner and you don't put your foot down or have to stab the clutch 15 times, right. it's your personal best, Correct. right? You're just Correct. Like, Every day you get, it's especially when you're really new, mm-hmm. each day you really cross some big borders sometimes yeah. where you're like, I did a double today, you know? Yeah. And, and I have... I remember, too, my buddy Gary Bench and I filming us out riding in Temecula and then coming home to watch it. And then you don't go, look yeah, how you you're feel. like, what the hell? Turn that off. That's ridiculous. You know, it's embarrassing. Yeah. But it's, and then I remember also I was once at GFI, and I was just starting to ride a lot more at this time. This was like probably 92 or 3. And I was standing there talking to Goat Breaker. Yeah. And I kind of like made fun of some guy that came through all sloppy. And uh, he looked at me and he goes, yeah, but I bet he's having more fun than anybody. And True, he right? was right on the money. And I felt about this big at that yeah. time. You know, see you later, Gil. <laughs> yeah. I was like, bye. The, but the, you the, realize that it's true. You know, it's like everybody's having their own 10. Mm-hmm. And no matter what it looks like, yeah. they're at a 10. Yeah. I used to say that with riding with my son, too. You go out with your boy and you throw the ball. And within three minutes... You're at about a three. He's still at about a seven as far as how much fun he's having. And then as the minutes go by, you're you're ready to leave. Yeah. And then, but when you go riding, you and your kid are both experiencing tens at the exact same time. Yeah. You know, and absolutely. We had so much fun when my son was growing up just riding and going out to Octillo and the tracks and all that, that it was a big part of our life, mm-hmm. you know. The other thing Ross said to me once is like, you could be out there, like if you're racing or whatever, you like, you do a ju- double and you land it perfect for the first time. You're like, dude, yeah. I am yeah. flowing. I, Everyone is watching. Right. Me. I'm so Everyone's good. Everyone's watching me. And then you come back and you go, did you see me hit that? Right. Or, uh-huh. Right. So <laughs> but, delusional. But the right? second yeah. you mess up and get a head shake or fall or something, everybody has to see you. Exactly. You're like, damn. They're all, dude, I saw you eat it out yeah, there. Are you yeah. all right? Yeah. That's funny because even like the few times that I've been at the track and one day I was out there and it was an empty day and McGrath showed up and he goes, let's go, you know, hit the vet track. And I went out there and it was just him and I on the track and started going. And I'm like, in my head, like you said, I'm like, dude, I am keeping up with McGrath right now. This is freaking ridiculous. You know, I'm really getting good. And then the hammer drops. You know, it was like he was being really kind, letting me hang for a second. Then the roost in the face. And then within minutes, he's on the other side of the track, yep. you know, gone. That's when you learn how fast those dudes really are. And it's pretty amazing. And that's, it's kind of like, you know, if you're into basketball, shooting around with Jordan, you'd really get an idea of how good Jordan is if you mm-hmm. could go out and just mess around and that, see what he's got That's another thing going. that's so cool about our sport is how accessible oh, the amazing. stars are, right? You, you get to share the track right. with the best guys in the world amazing. if you're lucky, right? right. Like, never happened. And when you go to the races, they're there. Come yeah. talk to us. Come get a signature. Get mm-hmm. you know really. 
I don't know. It's it's so much more accessible than probably any other sport, really. I mean, like, yeah. I don't know, F, F1 and all those guys, you can't get near those guys. Uh-huh. You'll never meet any of those dudes. So they get to really touch their fan base that way, which mm-hmm. is kind of a special thing, you know? Cool. Uh, fan base. We'll be back on that subject when we come back. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. Okay, welcome back to the Midweek Podcast presented by Yoshimura. Once again here with Wes Smith of Smithline Industries. So uh, your business, I guess you, you cut your teeth doing the Planet Hollywood stuff. Yep. So the first time I saw one of your displays that you had built for uh, Twitch or Matto, it was like so unique. Like, a, like I guess, riders of that caliber, if they right. want to commemorate or remember something right. that they did in a certain set of gear, like you encase the whole thing in plexiglass yep. and suspend it nicely and everything. Yep. Um, that is straight out of the planet Hollywood. Uh, it really cookbook. is. It's their style. The guy that was over there kind of gave me that. <laughs> I I kind of changed it around a little bit. I Over there, we never did like backgrounds with collages of all the different pictures of whatever the event is that mm-hmm. the gear is. Um, and also... We do like more of a bubble out where like for your goggles, if because they're so much wider than the case, yeah. you just kind of bubble out in that one little area. That's something kind of unique to us. And um, I really have never seen anybody do. And I actually had one of my customers <coughs> really reach out to me and go, dude, how how can I match what I've got? You know, I mean, because, you know, my collection all looks like you. Yeah. What can I do? And I told him. Literally, you had some collectors panicked when you right, quit. I told him literally I, I don't know, bro. I don't know where I would go to get this same stuff done myself. And that's kind of why I've done it. I literally have built every display. I don't have anybody that works for me. My wife and I run the biz. She does everything that I can't do and vice versa. And, but I hand build every display, every display that's ever been built has Mm -hmm. been built by me. And we also, for a while we're doing like, um, ipad stands and all that kind of stuff too so Mm -hmm. it was a lot of stuff and it's kind of why i just kind of burn out about two weeks ago i got to a point where i literally just almost fell down it was like i'm done man i'm over it i can't keep going and then it took two weeks (laughs) only two weeks and i was like what was i thinking i love what i was doing you know i just needed a breather i should have just went to hawaii (laughs) should have just left you know yeah and went to hawaii and um skip that whole i'm out of here thing but i'm glad you know that i kind of realized and like you say i i got a lot of um nice reception from mm-hmm. what i put and i wasn't doing it for that but it sure felt good you yeah. know so yeah. everybody that reached out i really appreciate it okay uh everything you do to the best of my knowledge is working with plexiglass right? yes so I have a little plexiglass history myself. Okay. It's not that impressive. <laughs> um, my, I was really blessed to have this father that was uh, very handy. Uh-huh. He, he owned a body and fender shop. Okay. So he was the guy that, it was really irritating as a kid sometimes because you go, hey, dad, uh, I really want a skateboard. 
my friends are all into skateboarding. He'd be all, oh, right. he'd go look and oh, I could build you that skateboard. So <laughs> my skateboard, he bought the trucks, obviously, right. but the board, dude, it was like two inches thick. Two inch thick. <laughs> it plexi? was horrible. It didn't flex. No, no, no it wood. was wood. wood. It didn't flex yeah, at no all. Flex. But, you know, and then I asked for a BMX bike once and he's all, you know what BMX stands for? Bicycle motocross. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, instead of just buying me a, a, this Webco BMX bike right. I wanted, he got a Schwinn Stingray and chopped it up. The YZ65 forks on it. And no way. Somehow built a swing arm and had a spring shock in it. So it was like. You so know, that I, wasn't cool? When I pedaled, it was going. Yeah, it was bouncing. Yeah, yeah I was, couldn't jump off a curb. Right. You know, anything the, on yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, but what I'm saying is when it was a blessing was when I'd have like uh, assignments in school or something. Like he'd always think of some way and I. Anytime there's some sort of school contest, I always won because my dad helped me. Right? Yeah, he would hook you up. But we had something, and I had to build an ant farm. And so oh, we plexi. went and we bought plexiglass and uh, cut it up in two pieces and, like, put the glued it inside. Yeah, yeah, glued it and everything. Wow. But I just remember how difficult it was to work with that glue, and you couldn't get the glue yeah. on the plexiglass. Right. Or it would, like, smoke it or stain it or Dude, something. Dude, that's why I... Just to be frank, the reason why I do everything is because it ta it's a long learning curve before mm -hmm. your stuff looks good enough for somebody yeah. to hang on their wall. That's the difference, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of why I'm burnt out or I got burnt out was because I liked, I don't want to blemish on my record. I've only a couple times has anything ever had to be redone or it was Charles Dow, of course. Uh, <laughs> one of his came undone. Charles put it in the dang sun too long or something. It was his fault. Uh, but, yeah. Was, was for, it a dog skeleton from a dog he ate? <laughs> it might have been. <laughs> I don't know. It was Charles, so who knows what happened to that thing. But, yeah, just uh, for the most part, um, everything's got to be perfect, and it's kind of in my head that way, too. Mm -hmm. I get that from my mom, who was interior decorator and she basically was really good and was killing it and um, doing some big homes, but it, it got to her. Um, things weren't perfect every time in her mm -hmm. head, even though the client was just going unbelievable. You yeah, know? Yeah. In her head, it was like tragic. Yeah. You know, it's like that just is horrible. And the client's just going, this is amazing. You know, yeah, and so I think I got that part from her where it, it just bothers me if there's any little one thing wrong. So if I hired somebody, there'd be more than one little thing wrong because mm -hmm. it takes all I can do to focus to make sure everything comes out, yeah, perfect. You know, in the end, yeah, you have a lot of pride in your project. Yeah, I do. So um, I know that all the top stars use you. I mean, let's let's give the rundown real quick. Okay, like freestyle the ones I know of or Twitch Matto. Uh, McNeil, yep. Metzger, um, at Nate Adams did yep. some stuff too, right? Yep, did some stuff for you. But Nate what about on the back. racing side? I know Jeremy's, racing, Jeremy's place is yeah. just packed with your yeah. products. Jeremy's house was that was my dream working on that house. Obviously, I was there a while. Jeremy and I were so uh, sawn off the toes of mannequins to put boots on them and then <laughs> find out that they all stand on their own, all those mannequins in his yeah. house. When you, when you sawed their toes off so you could get the boot in there. Uh, and then stood him up. They stood there on his own. He has uh -huh. nothing holding him up. So, and then I also learned how particular Jeremy is with. I would dress the guy, you know. Yeah. 
And then Jeremy come over and be shaking his head like, no, 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 dude. You know, you got, you you got, the, you got the kidney belt way too high. And oh. this, you know, everything's <laughs> way, you know, of course, everything had to be fixed. But other than that, and, you know, I got some pointers from Jeremy on what he thought some of my products should be changed as and stuff. Mm. So he's, but also referrals like crazy from Jeremy. That's the yeah. thing. He's, he's been like one of my best supporters. And it turned out that I started this thing trying to get to him, you know, every supercross. Yeah. Hey, dude, here's my card. Call me. I'd hit him once a year, you know. Hey, dude. And then I remember one year he goes, I have your card. And I was just like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. He goes, it's in my glove box of my truck. I'm like, right on. Call me someday. Finally, he did. And we did all his stuff up. And it took a while. He's Dude, his, uh, his, attic his attic is, is ridiculous. Yeah. Like uh, we did a series of podcasts there yeah. called The King and I. Yeah. And I'd go to his house and, but it's funny, it's his stuff. Right. He doesn't get tired of talking about uh-uh. it or showing you stuff, you know, but like there was, it was so rad to be in that attic and look at something and remember something right. about it, you know, right. like, oh, I remember seeing you racing that or Correct. I remember a photo of you in motocross action magazine so where you're wearing nuts. this, you Yeah, know? it's nuts. It's like his house is like a moto museum Yeah, already. and he has unlimited stories. Yeah. You know? Unlimited uh, he was looking at a picture while we were working and it was just the lineup of people and he's just staring at it and he just goes, I remember looking to my right and then looking to my left and go, nobody's got me here. You know, he's all, this is over. And, and for us, it was just like, you know, Jeremy was checked out. Supercross is over like within three laps back in those days. You know, I think that's when I met you guys was when you were in Tustin over there Mm -hmm, with, mm -hmm. With uh, Pat Lopez and yep. Lutz and and Pete Martini. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Pete and I worked at the Ritz Carlton together a long time ago. Oh wow. As, as young kids. Pete's a good dude. But yeah, so we uh it just doing his house was great. And then, you know, we do Justin Cooper's all his stuff and we did a few things for Christian Craig. Um we do some NASCAR stuff like Noah Gragson. I did mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff for him. And then a lot of the dealerships I'll do, um, like Coin Power Sports out there for Travis. We do all, all this stuff. A lot of good, good people that stay with me and promote me, and and I get referrals every day from them. So a lot of uh, off-road trucks too. Yeah. Uh, do you get um, you know, we talk about the stars of sport, right? But do you ever get like just like some vet guy that really all the time? Yeah. I mean, so you do custom stuff yeah. for. Uh, no name people or all the I don't time. say no name like talking yeah. down about them, but like you know, say yeah. like 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 in oh seven I went to Loretta Lynn's. Yeah. And Gabrielle at Alpine Stars made me a custom set of gear. Right. Like sublimated everything. Yep. It's like I still have that folded up in my garage I think cabinet, I, you know, but like are there people like that that have there is, but kind of I think it's too expensive for the most part that mm-hmm. that it's very limited. It almost is exclusive to dudes that have won a Supercross or an okay. X Games or um, something along that lines, you know, for the most part. Um, almost always, really. I mean, very, but very what few. about uh, fans that have acquired a jersey from their hero, right? Yeah, we do some, but not... a. a I literally only have a few of those guys um, mm-hmm. that are collectors that that do them, um, but for the most part, and especially now, um, 
Yeah, I just think for the most part, it's mostly somebody that's usually a professional athlete mm-hmm. that wants to. Some of them don't want to commemorate anything they've done too. It's pretty amazing. They just. Dude, isn't it crazy? Yeah. Like when you say that, yeah. right? First thing that pops in my head is Johnny O'Mara. Yeah. He doesn't have one piece of memorabilia. Really? You would never even know he rode moto in his house? Yeah. Really? Well, like I asked him, I was like, dude, do you still have a set of leg gaiters? He goes, no. I That's go, crazy. Do you have any old JT mouth traps or helmet? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Didn't save anything. Wow. And then you have Jeremy on the other hand that's Saved never everything. given away a helmet. Everything. He has everything. He yeah. basically, every night after Supercross, took the two to three sets he had of the gear he was wearing, put them in a plastic Albertsons bag, tied the top, and chucked them into his attic. Yeah. And so that's what we were opening. We were opening these bags <laughs> where the, well, first we went and got them out of the house over in Menifee. Yeah. Um, we almost got arrested. We were over there at night. I walked out of that barn. Jeremy and I were clearing the barn out. And in that barn, I would say 200 trophies still yeah. left that Jeremy's just, you know, I have done stuff for people where that one third place trophy would be on the mantle of spotlights. And Jeremy left like, I don't know, probably a hundred second places there yeah. just to rot and be thrown away. Cause there's just no place to put them all. Yeah. You know, you got 72 wins. Yeah. Uh, so that, and then all your mammoth bears and all that kind of crud. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's like, um, so we're over there emptying the place out, taking all his bicycles out, his BMXs out of there. And I walked out of the barn and the Marietta police were there with dogs and guns pulled on us. And I was just standing there going, well, no way. That, he's had stuff stolen from there. Right. Well, he called the girl that was running the, that was living in the house to tell her we'd be there, but she didn't get the message. Oh, so, so she, she thought we were clearing the, we had Jeremy's van pa- backed up at night and we're emptying it. Yeah. So she's thinking, oh, somebody's over there clearing <laughs> it up. And then, so yeah, luckily once Jeremy came out, it cleared all that up. Yeah. And, um, but super fun, man, doing everybody's homes and just getting to know them and getting to look through their memorabilia. I mm-hmm. love doing that kind of stuff anyway because mm-hmm. I'm such a fan that, like you say, you remember when yeah. you see that stuff. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, that was good days. You know, it was like good times watching you rip it up like that and tear mm-hmm. everybody to pieces. Um, but really fun to just do all of their gears and just get to know them. It's been great. Yeah. What's the uh, craziest thing you've built? Like, Probably the Metzger gear that's hanging over at Blackmore's right now. Okay. Um, uh, that one has... That was like the Evil Knievel type stuff. Right. With that one... jumped and, over Caesar's yeah, Palace. Yeah, his Caesar's Palace. Yeah. Uh, Metz painted the background. Um, and then we put the the gear, the cape, the poster, um, the helmet, the boots. I mean, there was everything but the kitchen sink in that one. That thing must weigh... Weighs a ton. Yeah. And somehow Blackmore's got that thing like levitating out over the crowd in his place, a little yeah. sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, that one was pretty gnarly. And also uh, Loretta Lynn's display we did for Axel. Um, we put a champagne bottle in there, mm-hmm. a sword, his his check. You know, just almost everything is in that thing. It's pretty rad. Mm-hmm. Um, you have pre-made things. You know, we've got yeah. some of your helmet holders. Yeah, the mounts. Is that uh, pretty popular with just regular consumers? Yeah, the yeah. helmets. I, I, you know, after being in a million homes, you realize how many people have helmets sitting everywhere. And or they're or usually, hanging on the wall with, right, with a, a nail. nail. Right, yeah. with a nail. So, yeah, that's when we finally designed a helmet holder that you can get on our website. The thing that's cool about that is you, you hang a helmet on the wall 
with a nail. Right. You only see the top. Right. Or if you hang it this way, you, you still see only yeah. the top. But yours has it out 3D as if it was on someone's right. head. They're sitting at the level that they'd be on your yeah. head. And it looks good with goggles yeah. in it. Yeah, looks amazing with goggles. I yeah. actually, I don't like it as much without goggles. It looks yeah. so much better with goggles. And it's kind of cool, too. It, my buddy, Chris Ackerman, who passed away during the COVID times, we had maybe 30 or 40 of those up at his house. And we made them so they were all angled at the doorway. So when you walked in the doorway, every helmet was looking like at looking you. at you. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, those are going good. And then the jersey mounts that people you know, can't afford to put, like you were talking about the collectors, they have so many jerseys, you yeah. know, and so... Mm-hmm. They can't afford to box them up, nor do they maybe even have the space the room, to put yeah. them out. Yeah, yeah, and the, those things they hold the jersey away from the yep. wall. And they hold them around. Yep. Looks so much better. You've than got like, the biggest collection of them look, right now. Looks like better than push pins holding. Oh, it way like, better, oh, way better. And there's you know? those are everywhere if you go yeah. to some because people just want to put them up. You know, mm-hmm. otherwise they just sit in a drawer. And the chances of you spending four hundred bucks on boxing it up for a lot of people. When they've got three or four of them, just not going to happen. Yeah. So, uh, the helmet mount, the jersey mounts, is there anything else like readily purchasable? Yeah. So, on at Smithline store, you've got the jersey mounts, the helmet mounts. Um, we also do um, uh, helmet cases. Um, so, just a single helmet like case. Sit on a yep, table. That sits on a table and it has a stand to hold the helmet in there. So, it's not just sitting on the floor. And then, um, that's about it on the site right now for prefab stuff. Mm-hmm. We have a new uh, display that's going to come out that's actually a jersey display that is a do-it-yourselfer because I think a lot of the problems like what you were saying with the amateurs is it's scary to just take your favorite jersey and put it in an envelope and send it to some dude, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> But it, what was crazy is it just made me think, like when Metzger handed me all his stuff, he didn't know me for five minutes yeah. and handed me all his gold medals. I was like, this is, this guy's crazy, yeah, you know, but obviously I took care of him, but it was like, man, trust. But when you think about what happens in shipping nowadays, it's like right? kind of scary yeah. to ship your favorite Jersey to somebody. So this new Jersey, I'll be able to Jersey display. I'll just be able to ship it right out. You'll be able to hang it on your wall in about five minutes, hang the Jersey in there. And then put the top on it, all oh, all cool. clear acrylic. And then the best part of it is, besides it being really fast to put up, um, if you got a better jersey later, you, you can flop it. it. Yeah, yeah. Or if your if your uh, your guy in there disrespected you somehow, <laughs> and you're over him, yeah. it's like that's out of here. Put this guy in there, and you're you're good to go. Yeah, you know it's funny is uh, when you came to our office the first time, right? Yep. So. One of my oldest friends I've made since I've been a journalist is uh, this guy, Danny Malfatti, yeah. who actually his wife and her brothers own the Z Gallery yep. line of furniture stores. Yep. Um, you saw the big display out front. We have yeah. like Jeremy McGrath's yeah. gear and the Cycle News cover. So Z Gallery does custom framing and stuff. And, yeah. and so I remember I was like, oh, dude, can I get this framed up? Right. So that was 90 five i think yeah but they did it and i remember when it came back you've seen how they put the jersey like i i really thought they would just lay the jersey flat right with it out and put right. the pant over it right so the jersey would be square right but they curved it in yeah, some way it was kind of weird and yeah. i remember i was like oh man i mean i love the, the the 
quality of the right. frame and everything is right. beautiful, but the way that the artist laid right. it out, right. I just remember I was like, dude, it makes it look like a big a fat guy's wearing or something. It looks like around. a graphic on some of them. Like when I see, I, I've so I've torn a million of those apart. That's one uh -huh. thing I know. And when I see the length that they went to to make that look so crappy, it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. It's like they've sewed in cardboard to stretch it out so far that it just doesn't look right. It's not yeah. even, it, I don't know. I've, I've always just liked a, the unnatural look. An advantage that you have is you're a writer. Correct. And you follow the sports, so. you know what it should look like, right? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a Although writer. maybe put the kidney belt too high. Actually. Right. That's what I was going to say. I'm, <laughs> I'm good to go as long as you're not the king. Yeah. I'm, I can probably hook you up. But yeah. Jeremy, on the other hand, he's got, you know, his way of doing It's funny, too, when you see some people are so hands-on and not. I, I did some things for Ken Block, and um, Ken called me, and he goes, okay, well, can you um, send me 26 pictures of that display? And I'm like, what do you mean? you know, 26 pictures, and he goes, I want to see the quality. It's like, wow, I never had anybody say that, but okay. So mm -hmm. I just took, I mean, it was one display. It was hard to take 26 <laughs> yeah, pictures, yeah, yeah. you know, sent them over to him. Good to go. Okay, thanks. But some people are really involved, and others just let you handle it. And mm -hmm. usually it's, for me, I like it when they just let me handle it because I get a feel for who they are. And always on, like, the artwork and everything, they get a shot to say, hey, can you move that picture to the right or to the left or get that picture out of there and put this one in and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I always let them, in the end, decide. But for the most part, most people let me have creative flow on mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why I also, like I said, got burnt out is because you can't do the same thing for each person over and over again. you got to mm -hmm. have a new feel on every every display and i think if you go too long like i did without any break at all i think it was the fact that i moved and all this stuff that was going on in my personal life and then my professional life was so heavy duty that it just got to me at a certain point and i thought i needed to pull the plug but then i just was in big time buyer's remorse after that i was like god what did i, I, looked, I, what did the, I do the, your post is just deleted right there's no, there's I, no I got post, rid of it i just forget it you know that's why i told my wife i'm like you know what i'm just gonna go out and say i blew it i'm ready to go again let's go and move from there and that's kind of where we are so well cool well um wes i appreciate you coming in and uh taking time to share your story with us and uh, I want to come check out the shop when yeah. it's ready to go. Come out. And like I said, we got a really good picture spot if you ever need to take shots. I know that's not your so much your thing anymore as far as like doing oh, a 450 house? shootout or oh, anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my new land has just got such a beautiful background view. Okay. And so if you ever need that shot of a bike or what have you, come out. And the shop's there now. Nice. Uh, so we have everything out on the land. and. We're trying to build something out there and then hopefully have a track where people, when they pick up their jersey, can do a few laps and head home. Hit the jumps you built. Yeah, exactly. All right, maybe I'll come out and make an ant farm. Do. Come out. <laughs> I'll make you an ant farm, dude. A good one. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, checking out the Midweek Podcast presented by Yoshimura. Check out Wes's work at smithlinestore.com. Yep. smithlinestore.com. Nice. See you next time.